This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you again, along with my good friends. I've got Sean Priest over there somewhere. Hello, Sean Priest in a shed, probably. Correct. Well guessed. Hello, Stephen Scott. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, Tim Schwartz is back with us again. Hello, Tim. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. How are things over in the United Kingdom? Well, I tell you something. It's quiet compared to where you are. Uh, Oh, my my gosh. I mean, look, I I didn't really want to get into this on the show because if I'm honest, I don't know if this is the right place to to bring this up. But I think it is important that we should say um, and at least bring a nod to world events. I mean, we've kind of tried to avoid as much as possible, I think, talking about the dreaded coronavirus. because, you know, let's be honest about it, it's, it's on the news everywhere you go. Every channel you turn to, every program that's on is talking about it. So you, you get to a stage of thinking, I need I need to get away from this. And I, I that's what I hope we do with Double Tap Canada is give you some respite and some silliness to enjoy your life by, um, you know, in between all this. But when it comes to a week that has gone by and actually over a week that has gone by like this, it is so hard not to... Just sit back and think, what, what what is going on? I mean, what the hell is going on in this world where we seem to be in a place in the year 2020, considering all of America's history, where we're in this position where black people are still being treated the way they're being treated, horrifically, by, by people, by police, by whoever you want to point the finger at, by the President of the United States. Yeah. Uh, it is utterly utterly horrific and um i know they did blackout tuesday on on tuesday there and i think that was good and a lot of people are there's a lot of different opinions about this you know is this a good thing or a bad thing does it mean anything some people have been you know taking pictures of themselves wearing black lives matters t-shirts and then they then sort of whip off the t-shirt and carry on with their day is that enough should we be doing more should we be speaking out more and i heard someone yesterday in the radio saying you know if you have a platform you should use it to speak up against racism and I thought, well, do you know, we're going to do the show here. And, and uh, you know, I'm against racism and I don't care who knows it, right? I'm saying yes, it. Absolutely. But, you know, if you're that kind, and yeah, exactly, we're all like that. Of course we are. Um, it just, I have never understood from my earliest days, I've never understood racism. I've never understood sexism or any kind of ism, really. I never understood ageism, all of that stuff. Because I think about, you know, ageism was the one, actually, when I was growing up, it all seemed to be more prevalent in the community I lived in. People were ageist, you know, against the old people. And it was all very much old people were, you know, old and useless and who cares. You know, lived a whole life, you know, come through wars, generations, amazing amounts of knowledge and, you know, wisdom that they can impart. And we just write them off because of an age or a number on, you know, on a birthday cake. Um, And then you, you get to gender and you think about, male versus female and and female are the lesser species because somebody once came up with that idea and then you look at racism and and, and, you know black people aren't worth the same as white people and always comes back to one simple fact white men usually men who need power who demand power and it always comes back to that and and that is ultimately the problem and i hope at some point in this in this world that people will wake up to the fact that this is this is what it's always been about from the earliest days when the slaves were brought to america and brought to britain as well and used against their will 
to today, you know, we're in a place now where we should be able to see this as clear as day. And it's ironic that three blind guys are having to point this out. But you know, this is where we are in 2020. And you know, I often say I don't see color, and I mean that in, in the literal sense as well as the you know the, the philosophical sense because I don't. I mean, I, I can't really tell if someone's got you know what color of skin they have. I don't care. I don't give a damn. You know, I don't. I don't look at my social circle and say, "Hmm, I don't have enough black people in my circle. I better increase that number." You know, sort of up the quota. Yeah. I mean, I don't think about it that way. I just, I, if I, if I like you, if you're a good person, if you like me, that's great, you know. And if you don't, that's fine. But it's not going to be because of the color of your skin. It's because of the the content of your character, of who you are, and and that's how it should be. And it all sounds very righteous and all that. But I think it's it's so important that you know those of us who've got a platform use it for good and use it for something good. So you know, I'm standing up and saying, look. As far as I'm concerned, if if you are the kind of person who thinks in that way at all, if you think that the black people who are out protesting, along with many white people, by the way, who are out protesting on the streets of America over the course of this week and, and in other countries as well, even here in the UK, yeah. if you think that they're wrong, if you think that they are the problem and the cops are the solution or the president's right, then turn off your radio. Go find something else to listen to. You're not welcome here. I don't want you listening to this. I don't want you contributing to this. I don't want you writing to me about it. I don't give a damn. And I know AMI don't wouldn't would stand with me on that. You know, so I don't care about that. You don't want you don't want to listen to this. You don't want to hear what I've got to say on this. You don't agree with me on it. Fine. Get lost. Because as far as I'm concerned, the the way I see it that we are all the same. We all bleed the same. We're all the same people. And what happened to George Floyd is Beyond shocking. It's not shocking, it's beyond shocking. It is disgrace beyond that even. Yep. And um, I just want to put my, my thoughts out to the and prayers to the family of George Floyd and everyone who's been affected by this. Because it's not just George Floyd and his family, of course. There are many, many black people in America who are suffering this on a daily basis. My heart goes out to every single one of them. But anyway... The dog's barking, which is basically signalling to say move on. Yes. Uh, so um, <laughs> I just want to, you know, l- put, draw a line there. But you know, I, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Um, I just want to add as well. It's unbelievable to me that in 2020 we still need to say these things. You know, it, we still need to have these discussions. Oh, it, it's mind blowing. But anybody with a, a shred of humanity who saw the George Floyd video, even if we take race out of it completely, I know you really can't. But anyone who saw that felt horrified it was disgusting it was sickening you know and the reaction to that is going to be anger and, and rightly so yeah i mean tim I, I know you're in the states obviously and i, I don't know what your state's like if you're having protests there um but it, it, it is obviously it's deeply worrying that you know that's this and of course it's not representative of the entire society that's the thing uh you know it's not the case that every single person in america is a racist that's not nobody's saying that and I certainly wouldn't say that. I mean, of course not. Um, but it's it just there are so many. Um, th- there seem to be so many incidences of this, either through from the police or from people. Uh, you know, what was it? The guy jogging through the park, and then a, a woman walking her dog called the. I think she wasn't walking her dog on a, a lead, so he suggested she. That's right. Called yeah. she put the dog on a lead uh, for safety, and she called the police and and actually said, you know, this African American man. Is harassing me or whatever it was that she said. Yeah, he was bird watching. 
He was bird watching. Yeah, yeah it should have been on. And board. it's like, oh yeah, right, yeah. Why would he do that? Well, maybe because he likes bird watching. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I've met train spotters in my life, and you know, they they get a bit shirty if you start asking them questions. But you know, they're just watching trains. You know, it's, nobody's going to call the cops on them. Anyway, Tim, what do you weigh on this before we move on? Well, and that's where it just comes down to pure ignorance. It comes down to hatred and just uh, – I, I don't know. I, I can't understand it. I, I'm not going to try to explain it, obviously. You know, I wasn't around in the 60s, uh, you know, uh, but I am at the same time very aware of our history, even going back, you know, last several hundreds of years. And I can't wrap my mind around it. You know, I often will say as a blind person, I don't care if you're white, black, brown, or purple, doesn't matter to me. What matters is what comes spewing out of your mouth and, you know, the type of person that you are. That said, there are blind people who are racist because they themselves are ignorant and, uh, you know, about other races or people and, and have that hatred. And, and I don't understand it. I, I don't get it. I, I don't. Uh, you would think that we would have more empathy than that. We'd have more understanding as disabled people than that and, and could empathize and, and you know, respect uh, other people. But, but unfortunately there are people that don't, but like you said, not every you know white person is racist. Just like not every police officer is, is racist and not every police exactly. officer is a yeah. bad person. There are many, many, many more awesome, great police officers, but there are a lot of ignorant People, no matter what race they are, there's racism that, that extends all around this world, not even just towards black people. There is racism everywhere, unfortunately. And I don't get it. In this day and age, I just don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, I have a really good friend. Shout out to Aaron. He's a, a regular listener of the show, fellow coworker of mine. And he and I have talked about this in the past. And I've said, because he's also blind, but he's a black man. And I've said to him, I don't think of you as my blind black friend, Aaron. You're just my friend, you know, it happens to be blind, happens to be black, but you're just my friend, Aaron. You're not my, bl my, my black friend, Aaron. You know, it just, I would never think of it that way. Well, we don't even think of ourselves. I mean, we think about the three of us. We don't think of ourselves as our blind. I don't say, oh, my blind friend, Tim, or my blind right. friend, Sean. Yeah, if I've just talked with you guys online or WhatsApp or whatever, I don't go to my wife and say, oh, I just talked to my blind friend, Stephen, my blind friend, Sean. You know, oh, that she's very well aware if I say Stephen or Sean. She'd go, oh, no, what what happened now? But, but, but no, exactly. Where's he stuck now? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah where's Sean stuck in now? What did, what did he – what new delivery, <laughs> what new takeaway has he discovered? But – um. Mm. We love you, Sean. But um, thank you. But no, it's just well, it's like you mm. wouldn't you wouldn't do that. So it, it just it doesn't make any sense. But you know, you mentioned where I am. I know we want to move on from this, and we should. But you know, yeah, I, I'm near Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, as people probably know. And there's been protests, peaceful peaceful protests, but they've been taken over by these professional rioters that have come in the town to make it also worse. disgusting. And, by and the way. To, yes, absolutely disgusting. And because the peaceful rioting. Or I'm sorry, the peaceful protesting was just that was peaceful, was understandable. The police were allowing that and marching with them and barricading to keep people safe. And then here come the professionals to make it worse. You know, just down the road a couple hours from me in, in Louisville, Kentucky, you know, they fired the police chief there for some of his uh, actions and comments. So it's it's pretty close to home from, you know, from where I live, even though Minneapolis, where this happened with George Floyd, is several states away, several hundreds of miles away. 
it, it is extending across the country. And as you mentioned, Stephen, around the world, and as it should, because how many times does it take? It's, it's similar to school shootings here in the United States. How many do we have to, to live through? How many times does this have to happen before we finally can do something and get something done and change the minds and hearts of people? it's way too many already and no more should happen. You know, nothing like what happened to George Floyd, no, you know, the brutality, the shootings, it shouldn't be this way in 2020. So I, I just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, No, I mean, it's interesting you said about living through the sixties because, you know, I kind of feel in some ways you don't really need to because, or, or have had to, because we're kind of living, it seems it, it just seems to be continual. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot stop. of it hasn't gone away, and you would think it. You would, would think have. it'd be better now, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. but it, it absolutely like, hasn't. Oh, well. Absolutely has not gone away. It, in some places, in some walks of life, it may be better, but in in a lot of places, it is absolutely not better. Anyway, look, we're going to move on because this is a tech show, honestly. But you know, you can't avoid realities, and there's so much going on out there at the moment. And you know, in, in between all this, you know, I'm thinking to myself. And this is maybe the wrong thing to think, but I'm kind of in my head going, "Hang on, what happened to social distancing, guys? Come on, you know, <laughs> even the even the 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 peaceful protests of which the majority are peaceful, uh, you know, um, there's no social distancing going on. We've still got the virus going around. We've got to be careful." My wife tells me that um, a lot have been wearing masks, so good on them. Yeah, that's true. It that's, just shows you the level of the outrage. Well, that's course, exactly, exactly. Feeling, exactly. Though, you know, no, the passion I'm, I'm, against I'm them. Also. Joking, of course. Well, yeah. But, um, yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wasn't genuinely concerned about. Well, I am genuinely concerned, but you know, yeah, okay, uh, okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Microsoft had their ability summit last week. Well, they finally got it off the ground. <clears throat> I'm just, you know, I, I know I make oh, joke about this leave last them week. Alone <laughs> and now. they'll get one little snafu, one little technical snafu, and then everybody jumps on them. It's shocking. Yeah, Microsoft Sean, Teams please. was protesting, um, actually working. I think. Yes, that's right. That's, they had had enough. I it wasn't a good advert for it. That's for sure. It was uh, not the best advert. Microsoft Teams. And to be honest. I kind of felt they could have done this with a live stream over Twitter or Facebook and had just the same amount of interactions. It was very complicated to navigate. You had breakout rooms going on everywhere. I mean, it did feel like, like I said last week, an actual conference where I got lost and ended up in the wrong room, which is exactly what happens in any conference I ever go to. So, you know, in a way, it was kind of like home from home. Uh, but no buffet. It was no, terrible. And no buffet that I could find, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the only thing. You lose the buffet. You've got to take your own. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, look, lots of announcements and, and more are starting to come out. And I'll be honest, by this point, as we get the show together, uh, I was hoping to have a lot more information for you. The truth is, if you go to the Microsoft uh, YouTube channel, uh, which is MSFT, short for Microsoft, MSFT Enable, that YouTube channel, they are populating every day now with lots of new videos. Now, there are tons and tons of uh, products and projects going on, all relative to various disabilities. But one that really stood out for me was Project Tokyo. Have you heard of this one? This is the... the, the I don't know. Well, it's, only, it's just new. Yeah. And the idea is, and it's still in development, but it's being developed with Microsoft HoloLens. Now, I've, I know a little bit about Microsoft HoloLens. A friend of mine tells me that it's like wearing a welder's mask. So I'm not entirely convinced that that's going to work uh, long term. But I think they're, they're planning on developing a smaller, lighter version of HoloLens. And essentially, it's like wearing a virtual reality headset. But what you can do with this is you can actually be wearing this 
and then get a sense, if you're blind, of who's around you and where. And the example they use is a virtual dinner table where you can actually sit, you can turn to the right, you can turn to the left, and you know where people are. You can hear them speaking. You can have a conversation with them. It essentially takes the, the virtual uh, meeting to the next level. And instead of having the situation where you would be in it, like a, as we do now, obviously, at this point in time, it would be very good to bring this out, where you maybe have a social event with a whole bunch of people. Instead of having that horrible Zoom room thing and a number of squares on a screen you're kind of pointing and looking at and you know thinking that's your friends and having a conversation that way, you actually get a 3D soundscape, a 360-degree soundscape that you immerse yourself in with all your friends who are all wearing the same kit, obviously, in their respective locations. And you could sit and have dinner with someone um, in your, you know, I, I'm trying to think how I'd eat with a HoloLens on. I'm not sure that would work. But <laughs> I think your mouth is um, is not well, covered. I not not at right. the moment, not with that it's, current size of it. It covers everything. <laughs> um, but, but this is an interesting idea. I don't know what I think about this, if I think this is a good thing. Maybe maybe this is too early in the day to get too critical of it. because Oh, I don't think so. Terrible idea. There you go. Well, not for us. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but the idea is interesting, as you say, yeah. but I've heard this um, lauded about the place quite for years now. The 3D environment where, you know, people sound like they're positioned where they would be in your environment sounds okay. I honestly don't think it's of any real practical use other than, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I, I don't see this as a, a real accessibility feature, I'll be honest. It's just a 3D positional audio thing, and we've had that for a long time. I don't see what actually that offers you other than it, it makes you feel more immersed and you can tell where people are positioned. But in a virtual world, does it really matter? In a virtual world, I think it matters. If it's just a audio only or even just a, a, a static video where you're just watching the video on a screen but hearing almost like a binaural you know, surround audio – yeah, it doesn't really do much for me because I'm still just looking – if I had vision, of course, I'm still looking at a static image on a screen, but but I'm hearing them to my left and someone else to my right. and That wouldn't make any sense. If it's a full-on experience where you know, you've got the HoloLens and you're seeing video of people and one can be sitting – like you said, Stephen, at a table and person, you know, one person sitting at your left, another person's across from you, somebody else is on your right or, you know, whatever. And you can position yourselves in such a way visually and then hear them from where they would be if you were in said room, you know, virtually uh, or are there virtually. Then I, I don't know about the accessibility aspects of that necessarily, but I like it. It's what we've been hoping for for the future for a long time. Although talk about social distancing, when if and when that technology gets really, really good, well, then we'll never leave the house. <laughs> you know? Well, that's right. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just well, I mean, look, it's going to be hard enough. It's going to be really hard for us to get to. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I'd gone to a store to pick up a, a hot tub. I said it. I'm moving on. Uh, so, you know, I got this thing. And yeah, Sean and I have already heard to... a little too much of you lounging in your hot tub. I'll, I'll just leave uh, it we, we may have We may have done the pre-show meeting in the hot tub. <laughs> not the three of us. We, and I was not wearing a HoloLens together, just to no. put it out there. Right. No, definitely not. Oh, there's an idea. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I don't know what I think about that one. Um, but yes, I mean, it was it, go to the store and you've got to queue outside. I had no sense of distance. I cannot work out distance from other people. So I don't know until I'm on top of them that I've you know actually got to someone's back I don't know where I am so yes I'm kind of trying to judge that 
and, and thankfully I had somebody with me, so and that was really the saving grace. And going into the store, I, I wasn't allowed to touch anything. So it's like, well, what's the point? What is the point of going to the store anymore? Because if I can't touch anything, if I can't physically pick something up and get it close and try it's not going to work. Ridiculous. And a lot of the electronic yeah. stores here in the UK have said that when they open up, they'll be using this no-touch policy as well. So basically, I'm not shopping again. It's me and Amazon and that's it, because there's no other way. Um, it's been that way for years. Who cares? Well... It's It's been difficult, for sure, but it's not been that difficult. No, At least I, you could get up close and touch something where it, or, you know, get close to a product. You can't do that now. Sorry, you can't I, ask for help because no one will come near you. No, well, no, no, no. See, it feels like we're going a little bit off topic here, but that I've seen a lot of posts of people saying, what do we do? You know, because we, we go shopping, people won't, we won't be able to get assistance if people can't come near us. And... I think that common sense comes into it. Of course, the blanket rule should be the, you know, the less touching, the less personal contact, the better. But for something like, I, I don't believe that there's, there's going to be a whole load of cases of people saying, no, sorry, no one's going to be able to assist you because we can't touch you. I think people have, have got more common sense than that. If you've got hand sanitizer, you're wearing gloves or you're wearing a mask, I think you, you should be able to get help. Yeah, but the virus doesn't care if you're blind or not. It doesn't say, oh, well, you, because there's that. No, 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 but I think person. people are, are, are better than that. I think, as I've always said, I think the general public are great. And I don't think that people will say, no, sorry, I'm, no one is going to help you because of this. I think people use their common sense. Well, time will tell, I guess. But yeah, yeah I mean, okay, we're drifting a little yes. bit off topic on this. But the the point is here that, you know, what, what I'm kind of hoping for is a virtual world that I can just live in and then never leave. And that's it. I'm, I'm happy to sit in the same chair in my office hippo chair. And uh, <laughs> I'm still annoyed oh, about good that. Good callback. I like that one. That was still good. annoyed about that. Yeah, but what does this um, give you? This gives you nothing, okay? I, yes, it's... it's I don't give you nothing. What does it give you? Right, Sean, what if you were somebody who was immobile? As you guys have been talking about this, I've tried to think the accessibility angle here. Maybe not as much for blind people, but just think if you're immobile for some reason, you're in a wheelchair mm -hmm. or you have low vision and have a hard time walking or getting out of the house. Maybe you aren't, you aren't able to get out of the house and you want to go and shop for certain items that you, you could buy on Amazon maybe for your house, but it would be helpful to see it up close or maybe even with some sort of haptic feedback to touch it or just to be there with a, a person who can talk with you to, you know, explain whatever it is, whether it's a table or a chair or whatever, obviously you can't sit in it. You'd have to see it, you know, physically okay, to on. do that. Yeah, yeah. But you could use a virtual environment as this gets better, put on the VR headset, you know, have the surround audio, go to a virtual store and see these in, you know, in that environment where they seem as though they are, you know, the, the size. Like you're really there. Well, but that's the point. Well, that's, that's kind of happening, isn't yes, it? Yes. That because that's, that's happening in augmented reality. But what you're talking about, Tim, which actually you just hit on something really valuable here Ooh. that, you know, I've, I've, I've seen for a long time. It'd be great. It'd be great to get haptic feedback enabled through something like an iPad to the point where you could almost, sense uh you, you could feel something maybe look at say it was a, an illustration or whatever it might be and you want to to feel it and, and know what, this, what right, sense okay. that image is well, they're already no, working no. on gloves no, that can no, do no, that no. with haptic feedback in the touch yep. of the fingers i've seen i've seen actually it <laughs> i'll let you talk hold on um and i've seen it uh at conventions i've gone to where they've got devices 
that you can use to explore a virtual environment and actually feel go. the shape of, you know, oh. of, of products and oh. things like that, you know, using, you know, using different devices. So the technology is there. It's getting better. I'm sure that for a lot of people, especially during those last couple of months with, with the coronavirus, people could go shopping for things before ordering them without having to leave the house because they could get a feel or at least if not yet a feel I'm because this, because the gloves might not be ready or the tactile, you know, haptic <laughs> feedback might not be ready, but visually audibly, you could go into a, a virtual storefront and yep. shop for these items and, and see them and experience them. You're and talk, talking about completely different technology here. Well, who cares? Yes. Well, we, if no, we could okay. build things. How? Because Microsoft is saying you'll have a virtual 3D audible experience. Audio. Yes. A totally right. different aspect. What? And I'm audio saying if you, is the least important aspect of what and you And that's just why described. I'm saying if you couple that with virtual with reality. With a totally different. Yeah, with a totally different technology, it would be great, it's, which doesn't exist. That well, you asked how this would be... How does Project Tokyo help us at all? I, well, I thought just you've both it. got the Bose AR frames, right? Yeah. Augmented reality audio. How does that help you other than it's a good entertainment experience? Well, I guess the truth is... It it's, well, that's a, very, that's a different technology to some degree. I mean, it's the same... It, it's a different application for similar technology. Maybe that's a bit way to put it. Because I think what, what HoloLens is, and this project is working on, and this is for blind people. That's This is how it's been sold, or at least the, the project idea is, is based for blind people here, that this sort of virtual reality world. It's, it, I guess the, the aim of it is to try and make virtual reality more appealing to blind people in some way, and this is one aspect of it, one application for it, is that sort of dinner table idea which I actually quite like. I mean, I like this idea of meeting friends in a, a nice or, or audible... Don't care. You know, well, no, I, but the th well, I know you don't. Don't care. But I actually think this could be really, really interesting. What if you have you know, blind support groups where you've got you know, 15 people joining right now? That's if right, they do yeah. it, I know there's several groups, uh, whether it's tech groups or, or you know, actually just you know, low vision support groups where you're losing vision. They're doing them all in Zoom meeting right now. And... You know, yeah. is it necessary to have people in a 3D room where you can turn your head and, you know, hear them at different parts around a, a table in, in a no. room? Is it point necessary? Is. No. No. My point is, though, is it's a stepping stone towards them saying, okay, we've got this really great virtual reality visual experience. We now want to focus on getting the audio there because we know no. people like no. blind people, the audio is also very important no. to be immersed in that 3D environment. Exactly. More it so goes hand else. in hand with the virtual reality anyway. To be totally immersed and for your brain to process that, okay, maybe I am actually in this environment. To make it uh, believable, you need to have the audio anyway. So the audio, 3D positional audio, is part of virtual reality anyway. All I'm saying, look, it's, it's a cool technology. I love it. But what can it offer us? What practical use is it? And I can't think of any other than, oh, it's cool. The audio by itself? Yeah, it's I don't know. Uh, I, 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 okay. Yes, exactly. Correct. Thank <laughs> you. Sean's right. Let's move on. Well, we will move on. Yes. Um, but <laughs> it's an interesting one. Look, let's, let's see what you've got to say. If you think it's uh, something that is for you, then do tell us about it. I mean, this is, a, this is all, you know, pie in the sky at the moment. I mean, it's all yet to, to land as an actual product i mean hololens is way outside the reach of most of us it's, it's a very expensive tool at the moment but it does show 
how this kind of technology is being developed. And that's what the Ability Summit essentially was all about. Now, I did want to talk a little bit about Narrator. So we'll take a short break. I'll talk to you about some of the uh, new features in Narrator because basically what is happening, I think, is that Microsoft Narrator is kind of becoming Jaws by the back door. And I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely cool with that. It is not Jaws, but it's Jaws-ish. Let's put it that way. Uh, So we'll get into that. And we're going to talk about space as well, where I'd like to put Sean Priest right now. Uh, right, anyway, stick around. <laughs> and now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. So, yeah, we are talking tech today, as we do here on Double Tap Canada. I've got Sean, I've got Tim, and I'm Stephen. So, hi, from the house. Um, Dougal Dog <laughs> is somewhere in the background, probably eating my mail. Yes. Uh, yeah, or, you know, if he's eating lunch, he's he's dead. I tell you that, he's finished <laughs> if he's eating my dinner. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I was really annoyed this week because I was trying to work out how you could mute voiceover on the Mac, right? I know it's unusual for me to be annoyed, but... I was annoyed because I couldn't find a way of doing it. I'm thinking, surely there's a keyboard command. So I go in and I search, and there is a, a an option to mute. And this is the hilarious bit of this story. Um, so I, I figured out how to mute VoiceOver by going into the keyboard uh, help, or sorry, VoiceOver help menu. So you just do VOH, and then it brings up the menu. You go to commands, you go through the commands, and you find the one you're looking for. In this case, mute VoiceOver. Excellent. Hit return, and it muted VoiceOver. Couldn't get it back. Uh, because I'd already muted it. So, um, yeah, bit of a mistake there. Uh, so <sighs> you kind of need to make sure how to unmute it. Once yeah, you and the last one, so yes. you, know, you think, okay, well, dead easy. Just, you know, turn it off and on again. Turn off voiceover, turn it back on. And it did. And it said, voiceover on, muted. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, had to kind of uh, figure that one out with a friend. But we got there. Uh, so, anyway, got it all back, and that's fine. But I've now realized that there isn't actually a keyboard command. All you can do is the same as you would do on the phone with voiceover on, triple tap twice. Uh, so, three-finger um, double tap, essentially. And then what you can do is you can mute voiceover that way if you're using the, the trackpad. But actually, what you can do is if you do want to do this, you can go into the keyboard commander, um, under VoiceOver Utility, which is VOF8. And when you go in there, uh, you can uh, assign uh, a command and, and you can actually assign any command you like. And and that's quite nice, actually. So there's lots of customization options there. Um, but that is it. So I've, I've made mine. It's my right option key that is, or right command key, I think it is, right option key. I can't remember. One of those. I just press it. It works. I know where it is. And um, I just hit S and it silences my speech. So I was so pleased. Because I realised I was amazing. You think you're clever now, don't you? <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased. I, I felt like God. Um, <laughs> it's so annoying, though. On a much smaller scale. You, you, well, you know, there's a, <laughs> you know, there must be a keyboard shortcut for that somewhere, but you just uh, it does. Well, it's not in the commands list. I mean, all the commands have got you know various keyboard commands command, attachments. Though. I know. I know, and, and you'd think that's one you would want to use. I mean, like a screen shade is VOF11, which is similar to uh, Jaws, for example. Um, but it's, it's. I'm sure you know, there's people me. screaming now saying, I know what it is. Well, if you do, get in touch. <laughs> Tell me feedback at ami.ca. I think I nominate Sean Priest to be in charge of the phone number this week. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call 1 509 4545. 
Now, Tiffany got in touch, and uh, I want to play in her voicemail. Uh, we'll get to that in just a sec, but I want to tell you a little bit about the voiceover. I'm obsessed with voiceover now. Uh, narrator updates uh, that have come in. Because you know what? Narrator is starting to become an interesting proposition. And I know every time I say that, Jaws fans stand up on their desks and they jump up and down in, enraged at what I'm saying. Uh, because they say, well, look, Jaws is a totally different product. Narrator's nowhere near that. And don't keep saying it's good because then all the employers will say, well, why are we paying for Jaws? Um, and, you know, to employers who may be listening to this and thinking, oh, well, this is a free product versus, you know, Jaws, which costs a lot of money. Well, there's a reason for that. Um, there's a reason why a Bentley costs more than a Mini, right? It's just the way it is. There's a better thing. It's got more function to it. And it's obviously got a lot more to it than than the basics. But in the same token, if you are a home user, would you need JAWS? Tim, I'm going to ask you that question before I mention the rater because that's an interesting question. Do you think as a home, because you use JAWS at home. I do. But would you think you could get by with narrator at this stage? What you know about the, the changes, at least, that have come in already? Ooh, very controversial. Um, mm. I believe Sorry. that as a home user solely yes i i believe that you could at this point obviously you know nvda and i know sean's going to jump on that one here in a minute so i won't steal that thunder from him i'll let him bash you over that with his caps lock key for nvda <laughs> but um but yeah with narrator and and how it's been coming along slowly over the last well it's been about a year and a half now or, or a little about that uh that they've been updating it and and bringing it more in line with apps or and programs like nvda and now even more more like jaws if i didn't have access to jaws if i wasn't already paying for it and had used it for you know 10 or more 15 years straight in in working every single day in business and i just needed to use something yeah, I think it would be fine. I think that you could navigate the web just fine. Most apps, sometimes in some uh, some cases, Microsoft applications, actually you're better with Narrator <laughs> um, just yeah. by design. It just unfortunately works that way. If there's an app that I can't seem to figure out with JAWS or even NVDA, put on a Narrator and, hey, it works. Um, yep. So having it in mm. your toolkit, we talk about that all the time for years on the show. We've said having that ability, having it in your toolkit. How many times have we you know, had that question or seen that online where people say, so I use JAWS in my, my everyday work. Is it also important for me to learn how to use NVDA and or Narrator just for the slight differences, just to know it? And it's like, yes, absolutely. If you're willing and interested to learn it, do it. And... Yeah, I, I don't see it as a problem now. I, I've done it many times where if Josh crashes or, you know, I've somehow messed up the registration, <clears throat> Stephen, um, where I can't get it to work. You know what I'm talking about. Um, well, you, you know, know I, I may have accidentally done something. You might have had something to do with you know. that, yes, um, where my Josh was. I just deregistered everything, right? Okay, I just said, you know what? He'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he'll figure it out. Let him do He's it. He's a tech guy. But, yeah. Um, yeah. and I did, thankfully, but I did it using Narrator. And, uh, uh, it's it is getting better and better all the time, and so this in this instance for for accessibility coming out of Microsoft, I really do like the the steps that they're they're taking towards making their Raider actually usable. Whereas years ago, three, four, five years ago, and obviously many more, I would have laughed hysterically at you if you tried to even just insinuate that narrator could be used for anything other than. Uh, you know, the startup screen to help me, you know, do a couple things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Download Jaws or NVDA. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. But Narita yeah, is, right. I mean, it is improving. But you could make that point about Microsoft in general. I mean, they do seem to have, I don't know, turned a corner, especially accessibility. Just look at the ability summit we just had. Yeah, they love us all of a sudden. Yeah, they do love us, don't they? Oh, well, yeah, brilliant. I mean, but it, it's, I mean, about time. I mean, it's, to, to be honest, to have, you know, the Windows operating system as popular as, as that is and to have that with no real uh, usable screen reader built in is a uh, pretty Pretty poor show. I'm going to be strong about it. It's a poor show, Microsoft. But that's, until now, come and, on. Yes, until, until now. now, that has changed. And yeah, narrator is perfectly usable. Uh, like many of us, it. it like you know, many of Tim, us, it's perfectly usable. No, you're not perfectly usable. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. So you, it's just the way you phrase that. I'm like, are you, are you sure that's your final answer? No. Um, let me say that again. Anyway, look, narrator is perfectly usable. Um, I'm not even a power user. The, a lot of the screen well, we reader, know that. Yeah, screen reader functions I was using years ago, I don't even touch now. All, all I need for a screen reader to work and do everything I need it to do is the tab key and the left and right and you know the cursor keys. That's it. Pretty much. I, I, I don't need to go into, you know, like I used to go into uh, PC cursor or virtual cursor and all that. Mm. Never use any of that anymore. No, so like any that, no. screen reader would do for me. But, uh, you know, it depends on your use case. But I will say this. I still think Narrator is a bit of a um, resource hog. I do find it still slows down now and again. I'm waiting for it to catch up. As I found when I was using VoiceOver on the Mac, busy, busy, busy. I do find it slows down. Now, I know they're trying to improve on that and, and um, making the code more efficient. So maybe that will get better. But as a screen reader itself, yeah, it's perfectly usable. And it works really well with Microsoft Edge, but then now Edge is Chromium-based. Chrome, yeah. It's a bit better anyway with, with more... I, mean, I often found I would just avoid Edge completely and just stick with Google Chrome. But um, I'm going to actually... I think I'm probably going to try... I'm, I'm so comfortable with JAWS now, and I'm obviously a voiceover user all the time, but I've got my, my Windows PC set up inside my Mac. So, you know, when I want to turn on Windows for whatever reason, usually to edit audio, because I still use the editor on that side. That's why I've got it there as a virtual machine. So I may stick on Narrator and just see how I go on. But generally, I find what I love about Narrator is when you're trying to do any settings work or any basically anything that involves a dialog box on Windows, you can get really into it, into all the different facets of it, which you can't do as easily with JAWS. But why can't you? Why are Jules and NVDA still so far behind? The Windows 10 settings and store apps are still, accessibility-wise, real clunky. I mean, it has improved so much since Windows 10 was released. Microsoft is making it that way, so you use Narrator. No, no, they're not. I mean, no, I, know, I don't well, know. I don't know. Uh, you never know. You never know. I mean, they might be saying, well, use it for this. I kind of like that, though. I kind of like that in this field we're feeling a bit like there's competition. You know, I, I for this is exactly why I wanted to do this show. Way, way, way back in the distant past when dinosaurs left footprints everywhere. I, you know, really, really wanted to be the, uh, you know, creating a show where we talked about, uh, you know, this mainstream technology in a way that wasn't like, you know, well, you have to buy this. It's three grand. You've got to buy it at that three grand. You can't get anything else that'll do it. Yeah. And now we're seeing that's that there are more and more options. So I like to see a bit of fight. If that, I'm not saying that they are fighting with each other. Of course they're not. But you know, Microsoft Narrator is clearly developing. There's a passionate team of people there. And, you know, we've interviewed some of them. I, I've, I'm friends with a lot of them on, on uh, Twitter and, and so on. And, you know, and Jenny LeFleury, who's the head of accessibility at Microsoft, you know, is just a brilliant person. She is. She's made a difference. So, 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, being, I know it, it, it might sound trite to say this, but I actually always think it's the most important thing, but she being disabled herself, being profoundly deaf, that makes such a difference. And when you, when you're, when you live the life, you, you can easily manage the people who are creating the technology. It's not some distant thing. And, and, and equally, you know, someone like Satya Nadella, who is the CEO of, of Microsoft, he, you know, he has a disabled son. Uh, so he has connection there. He understands the value of these products. But, you know, and, and maybe that's, and, and well, it's not maybe, it is why the shift at Microsoft has happened. You know, it was, and, and that's not nothing against Bill Gates and all the, the, the people who've gone before. But, you know, there's clearly a, a shift towards yep. a more inclusive society at Microsoft. And um, yeah, I, I think it needs more uh, praise for that, you know. And especially the guys who work there have done a damn good job. And in this, especially right now, I'm mean, going back to our earlier point and talking about all the divisions and hate and everything that's going on in the world at the minute. Every so often, you've got to stop and say, Do "You know what? I know you're a company. I know your job is to make money. I know your job is to get customers. But at the same token, you know, the fact that you're doing this, yes, absolutely, it should be about putting, you know, getting those customers in." and making money off those customers. Because if we've got the money to spend, we should spend it, right? So if we want to buy a new PC or a new computer, we need to make a decision. Is it an Apple? Is it a PC? Is it a Chromebook? And if we're basing that decision on your work in the accessibility field, that's good, you know? And we'll put our money there. But And we're loyal people, you know? When you when you get a blind... I often think when you get a disabled person or a blind person in particular, I can talk more about that because I am rather than, than everybody. But, you know, when you get a blind person on board... You, you tend to you tend to get them for life, you know. If you get it right, they'll stick with you, and that's why Apple has been so popular with the iPhone. Yeah. Um, to maybe a lesser extent, the the computer. That's where you know the Microsoft has come in with with Jaws. But anyway, look, this is all aside because it should be finished. I haven't even mentioned the narrator yet. <laughs> so there's a few new features that have come in already to narrator. So if you are playing around with the new version, and this is coming in on uh, Microsoft Windows version two thousand and four twenty oh four as it is. Um, if you've got that downloaded to your system, you will notice a few uh, improvements to Narrator. Um, you can use scan mode now to read emails. So if you use the scan mode, uh, when you get into an email, it will sort of turn... I believe you were talking about the virtual cursor versus the PC cursor and all that. Narrator's actually sort of self-selecting for you now. It's telling, it's giving you the best cursor to use. So you can just use your arrow keys to navigate around a document. It will even read the whole thing right off the bat. So when you open up an email, it doesn't hang about anymore, doesn't wait for you to do anything. This is one thing that annoys me about JAWS because sometimes when you go into an email, especially in Outlook, it will lose focus quite quickly or it will instantly get you to the point of the, the message body of the email. It doesn't always get it right. Sometimes it will jump into the, the from and the to field and just be stuck there. Yes. And you've got to kind of tab your way into the message field. Sometimes it will just get right into the message field and you can start reading it from there. But what this new uh, update to Narrator does is it will allow you to just start reading the email and it just starts reading it for you. And I like that. I really like that feature. Uh, you just want to get to the information quickly. And this seems to be what this update is all about. It's about decluttering a lot of the, and, and taking away all of that verbosity that you get with screen readers. That might have been a criticism of Narrator actually in the earlier days. Um, the other thing that they've done is that they are trying to get to the important info. So the information that you get from an email now, even in your message list, is uh, going to be the information you need. So where did it come from? What's the what's the subject line? You know, when did it come in? It's just the 
just the, the facts, ma'am, really, is all we're interested in here. <laughs> and uh, that is exactly what it's doing. Um, some web improvements as well. Um, new help for hyperlinks as well. So instead of getting the www.blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah.com, it will actually use an online tool to go off and try and find out the name of the website and deliver that to you instead of the actual hyperlink. That's quite nice. I like that. So it's kind of using a little bit of, not AI, I guess, but it's just using the, the search tools to go off and find out what that web address is referring to, what the website is, and you can then get information on it. And you can get the whole thing, uh, the whole hyperlink read out if you want. But again, it's just about giving you the information that is relevant to you rather than all this verbosity that you tend to get. Um, you can get quick summaries of web pages now. Um, it'll tell you things like the number of links and hyperlinks and this and and buttons and all that stuff. And that is actually something that's been in JAWS for a while. Um, the VoiceOver does the same. You can choose to read a page summary on VoiceOver. Well, it's the same thing. Uh, once a page loads, it will give you that information should you want it. Um, also, web pages are now read automatically. Again, this is something that's been an option for JAWS and for VoiceOver for a while. You can do this um, optionally on those uh, different screen readers, but now it's in Narrator as well. And some sound improvements as well. Uh, so new sounds for common actions. And I'm reading this note as I'm going with it, so stay with me here. Um, but basically the narrator sounds are trying to be more reactive and give you a bit of an idea of what's going on. So you'll get better sounds, I guess, more positional audio as well. Um, so, yeah, lots of interesting. I could go on. There's tons of stuff in the new release. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe link to this on our Twitter feed so you can uh, check it out at Double Tap Canada. Uh, but, but there's so much in there. And that's just this version. We haven't even touched on what's coming out in uh, the next six months. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it does sound like it's all going the right way, doesn't it? Uh, that's that's all you can take away from that. Even if you think that none of those features are particularly, you know, awesome, um, the, the fact is that they're even updating it. You know, how long did Narrator just stagnate with no updates at all? And now yeah. we are getting fairly regular updates. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. yeah, I can't argue with any of that. I mean, even if they are just kind of basic things that we've had in other screen readers forever, so what? Okay, so better late than never. And it's it's nice that Microsoft is realizing, hey, there are – little things that people are used to, that people like. It's not just about tabbing and arrowing all the time. There are other bits of information that, you, that you're right, going Tim. to want to have. have a go at me. Well, no, no, no. I no, don't no, mean no, that in a fine. derogatory way towards you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that no, there's no, no. other audible yeah. bits. There's other things yeah. that make a screen reader helpful mm. when you're, you know, when you're oh, fine. stop. When you're doing things. He's in a bit so, of a mood so today, like isn't he? You can tell he's in a mood He's today, in a so. bit of a mood. My <laughs> gosh. No, no I, takeaways I like, for a while, obviously. Yeah, I like I like the idea now where we couldn't have done this, you know, five, 10 years ago, obviously. I mean, there's been other programs sort of, but but not really. But I can walk up to any PC now, any Windows based computer hit, you know, what is it? Control Windows Enter. And I've got a screen reader that is usable enough for me to do whatever I need to do. Yep. And, you know, as the, the go to tech guy in my family, as I know you guys you know are as well. Mm. I can go visit a family member that's got Windows, hit that keystroke, help them out, read it, you know, navigate, whatever, get out, and I'm done. I don't have to have JAWS on a thumb, you know, thumb drive or download NVDA. I, I could just get in and do it. And I, and I like that, that I can have that option now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, you're right. Both of you are right. These are incremental improvements. And actually, we should have had these a long time ago. 
it's taken a while for us to get to this stage. But the fact is it's coming through and, you know, we're starting to see these improvements. And maybe over time, and certainly not right now, but at some point in the future, I think we'll get to a stage where we can start to look at this as a real serious contender for JAWS. And the reason I say it's not at the moment, I just want to reiterate this, is because JAWS for professionals who, and when I say professionals, I don't mean the kind of job that I do. Uh, because, you know, you can call me a lot of things, but you'll never call me professional. Um, <laughs> You only have to sit in the, uh, the, the the bit 10 minutes before the show starts, sometimes three hours before the show gets recorded, that you would know that. <laughs> or our so, planning meeting know, from a hot tub, yes. From a it. hot tub, yeah. There's no professionalism <laughs> going on here. I, I, I felt like I was living in, I don't know, catch me if you can, during that meeting this, this week. Um, I felt like an utter fraud. Um, but yeah, anyway, aside all that, let's get to the voicemails because uh, yeah, it's, it's really good when you get in touch. Sean's in charge of the phone number this week. Remind us of the phone number, Sean. That's one eight six six five zero nine four five four five. That's not bad. You, you read that pretty well, Tim. I'll be honest. You read that okay. Thank you. I, I'm impressed. As the usual keeper of the phone number, I, I am, yeah. I'm impressed. I've stolen your well, job, you too. Yeah, well, listen, you can be in charge of the email address this oh. week. How about that? But I never do the email address. Oh my gosh, I'm going to mess this up. Improv. It's um um uh um. <laughs> it's hello Tim at, at lifeafterblindness.com. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. No. Oh, oh, not that one. I'm sorry. Wrong show. <laughs> it's um uh, feedback at ami.ca. That's the one. That's <laughs> that plug-in, unbelievable. Oh, he's got it. Well, somebody's got to. <laughs> Right, let's get to the voicemails. Uh, Tiffany's back in touch. You might remember Tiffany got in touch last week um, and she was talking to us about exercising and we tried to talk about exercising without everybody laughing. So um, <laughs> anyway, Tiffany wants to follow up from uh, last week. Hi, it's Tiffany again with another message from Double Tech Canada. You can play this on your show. Great. Um, yeah, for the exercise equipment, uh, Sean's right, a lot of it's horribly inaccessible. Um the bike I have when I decide to bike in my living room, it's got this one knob on the back, so it would be facing you when you're on it that you can adjust the, the tension or whatever with. Uh, really simple, surprisingly. And uh, the other thing that really helps me with that here lately, um, I pulled a Steven and bought something. That's what I call it anyway here lately. Pulling a Steven, anyway. Um, so I bought myself an Apple Watch. I've always wanted one of these. I got the Series 3 GPS model, 38 millimeter, I think it is. And that's how you can save money on tech sometimes if you get one that's a generation or so back from the newest. So the Series 3 instead of the 5, I don't even think they have the 4 anymore. And then the GPS instead of the cellular and the smallest version, you can save money. So I paid 200 instead of uh, 400 on Amazon for this. And I love it uh, so far. Um, as for the WeWalk cane, I have some experience with one of those. Somebody gifted me with one. And here's the thing. I'm all for tech, but I'm sorry to say I didn't really enjoy it. The cane it comes with is kind of flimsy. Um, so let's say you're walking down the sidewalk and you slide your cane from side to side. The cane kind of moves. It wobbles like the body of the cane, if that makes sense. And then you've got the center thing in the jig at the top, but it's so big around like uh, it's bigger than your normal cane handle and it's hard to grip and hold on to and it's, it's kind of clunky and the idea of it sounds good but in practice I personally didn't like it too much and I'm sorry to say but I thought I'd share my opinion 
Um, thanks for the show. You're very welcome, Tiffany. Thank you for your opinion on the WeWalk cane. That's interesting, Tiffany, trying it. And actually, you know, kind of saying what I was thinking last week after my trial of it, and it was just a, a couple of days, really, just trying out an exhibition. And... Um, it was okay, but yeah, that the size of the handle was quite difficult, and I thought, how would I handle this every day? And and the cane, I guess it probably feels more flimsy because of the size of the the top, of, you of know, the, the bit you're actually holding yeah. onto is so big that everything else just yeah, yeah. the thing <laughs> yeah, it just it feels a bit yeah, it doesn't feel great. Um, well, it's been that, an interesting one to try. That's changed now with the the release of the special edition. I mean, they do make a point that the the actual hardware, so the handle is smaller now, so maybe that that's less of an issue. Yeah, you could buy another one, though. Well, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I was going to say that, Tiffany, never say you're sorry for having that opinion because, you know, if, no, you, if, if, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Hey, anybody who's a techie like us and uses the technical terms thingamajig like we often do, she, yes. she's okay in my book. She doesn't have to apologize <laughs> for anything. Officially part of the family. Absolutely. Now, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> and listen, kudos for getting the Apple Watch. And I think smart move oh, yeah. on Series 3 because that's a great watch. Uh, and there's nothing, I mean, that's the thing. I, I have this FOMO thing going on. Do you know what FOMO is? I, I found out what FOMO I don't was. I was know. terrified to mention I just it. find out what MSFT stood for. I never knew. How stupid am I? Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> but honestly, don't feel stupid because I, I had no idea what FOMO was. And I, I kept saying it to people. And I thought, am I... Am I offending people here? So am I going to end up in court? <laughs> FOMO is fear of missing out, and that's my thing. Ah. I, I often think if you're getting, uh, if you're going through the FOMO thing, which is basically when something new's coming out, like my wife, uh, she, she, her iPad was just done, and I said, "Well, get you a new iPad." And I was like, oh, "I don't want to get an iPad just now because it's a 2019 model, and the 2020 one's just going to drop any day now." And she's like, "I don't care." And I'm like, "Well, hang yeah. on a minute." Look at the processor. It's an A12. And she's like, I don't care. So, um, you know, we just went with the one that she's she's yeah. got and she's happy. It's annoying that, isn't it? No, but it's like, well, but because they're right. <laughs> so that's my problem. But but actually, you're don't quite right. Don't say that out loud, Sean. I know. Uh, I know. But they are. They're right. But tell them still. they're right. <laughs> my wife has me on a recording saying that I said something about her being right. She she, she plays Ooh, it for dangerous. me all the time that oh, says, terrible. Jennifer was right. I, I don't <laughs> like oh, it. Oh, no, you can't do that. But Apple Watch is cool. It is. Love it. It is, and you're going to have lots Absolutely. of fun with it. So tell us what you're doing with it, because a lot of people, Tiffany, tell us, and I, I, we've had these questions, and we've, I think we've all asked each other this question, so what do you do with the Apple Watch? Because um, sometimes I don't do anything with it. Um, yep. And other days I use it all the time. I, I, like, I love it for messages. That's one thing. It's basic stuff, really, for me. I like the messages. I, like, I don't make calls on it. I don't like making calls out loud on it. Unless I'm I in the house. answer calls. If, you know, when I'm walking the dog and it goes off, I will answer the call. But you're always a bit self-conscious when you do that because it yeah. is a loud, fantastic speaker on it. Yeah. I mean, podcast maybe, but I'm having a lot of issues with the And this is a voiceover problem, I guess. Um, but, you know, the, the voice can be dragged off to the next device. So if I'm using my AirPods with my iPhone, then... And my watch, for some reason, I think if you use Siri on it, it will automatically just pull the voiceover. It sort of activates voiceover, so therefore... It, yeah, you know, it's the, annoying. It does. It gets a bit annoying. So you've got to then go back to the iPhone and try and, you know, plead with it. Please, can you take the sound back? And it just all gets very irritating. So, you know, there's that, but... I'll be interested to hear what you think about it, Tiffany. So thank you for getting in touch. Keep in touch as well. I know there's so much we wanted to talk about this week. Uh, we wanted to talk about SpaceX 
and its big launch, and you know, it's all very wonderful. Uh, yay, man goes to the moon stuff. So there we go. Um, that's that. Anyway, that was very dismissive. Yeah, just a bit. Wow, I've got, I've got ten seconds left, so I don't have any room. Oh, sorry, but okay. listen, thank you so much for uh, being with us this week. And uh, you know, it, it is a bit wild out there at the moment for for all of us, and whether it's the virus that's affecting you or whether you um. You're, you're, you know, taking part in a protest, or you know, whether you're just watching the news in horror at the moment. Um, you know, I hope we've been able to bring you a bit of light relief from it. We will definitely continue to do that next week here on uh, Double Tap Canada. Keep tuning in uh, every week on AMI Audio and on the podcast as well. Don't forget Double Tap TV details coming up of the latest episodes. Uh, those airing Tuesdays eight thirty p.m. Eastern. Don't forget Tim's podcast as well. You can check out Life After Blindness. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Sean doesn't do podcasts except this one. So, uh, yeah, we'll just catch you back here then, Sean. I'm exclusive. Tim, thanks again. We'll catch you again next time, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit ami.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.